So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. All right, we're live. Happy Friday, June 20th. Uh, as you're joining me here on Facebook, uh, first and foremost, I wish you and your family and your loved ones and your community uh, peace. And I hope that this finds you doing, uh, doing very well and being very powerful. Uh, we've got a really good show for you today. Uh, I was just live on Instagram just 25 minutes ago uh, saying to all my friends over there that you know, every time we do one of these shows, I find myself saying this is going to be the most important one. What's up, Jeff Jones? I see you popping in there on Facebook and saying hello. And obviously, everybody out there, once you're live, you know, connect, say hi. Hello, Denise Brown in the house from beautiful Whistler up in the mountains. Uh, I guess that'd be Northwest, I think it is, Vancouver, or just directly north. Uh, Penny Perry, yes, June 12th, here we are. I see uh, Nima, I don't know, I screw that up because I can't see all that well, but Nima coming in from Connecticut. Uh, so by the way, everybody, let me know where you're from. That's always helpful. So as always, we jump on a little bit early. Uh, you know, we try and start right at around one o'clock, but we know everybody's busy. And by the way, that's a good thing. Everybody's busy right now. Um, but this show, we're going to talk about updates on not only the, the overall economy, we're going to talk about unemployment, we're going to talk about housing, and every time we do this, uh, you know, our aim is always the same, to, to make sure that you are the knowledge broker, empowered, right? Like we talked so many weeks now since, uh, you know, the beginning of COVID that, that the flight to quality, it's never been greater than it is today. Um, and before I bring in, uh, you know, my guest, I have to tell you that just just in the last you know, couple of weeks talking with personal clients, when I say the flight to quality, and I know many of you out there because I see so many of the names, familiar names, right? Sean from down in South Florida, who I've known forever, you know, fantastic guy. Uh, Matthew Ray in the house, Monica Reyes in the house, like so many people that I know. Um, what's fascinating right now is watching some of these high powered agents, right? And I mean like, in this case, mega team agents, if you will, um, Andy C, right? Uh, Jill Biggs, Jill Biggs, by the way, in Hoboken, New Jersey, Tim Smith, one of my personal clients and friends just down the street, each of them last month listed more than 40 properties in the month of May. I want you to think about what I just said there. Three different agents, three different parts of the country listing 40 houses each, not their team, them in the month of May. That's how, that's how much I see the surge of activity. Now, I'm not saving in any way, shape, or form that we have enough listings. You're gonna see some data around that today that we all need to do our part, right? But what we're seeing is there is some, uh, some loosening of sort of the, the heaviness that a lot of us have been experiencing. And I'm not referring to uh, the heaviness of the social injustice, because I think that's still very heavy right now, right? Very heavy. I mean the heaviness of COVID. Right, so today we want to talk about data. We want to talk about you know, not the not the right brain sort of you know uh, headline reading emotional stuff. We want to talk about the factual stuff, the data stuff. And as you're going to see today with David's brilliant slides, some of these uh, economists made some predictions and they were dead wrong. And you know, thank goodness they were dead wrong because when you see the data, you're going to say, "Yep, I'm seeing that too. I'm feeling that." 
And then what we want to do today is, and whether it's 45 minutes or an hour, empower you with more data, more slides, more access to information. So once again, you can be the knowledge broker and help as many people as you can, whether it is like my brother-in-law who may be watching right now at my house, what's up, Robert, who has you know, this business that he's owned in the central coast of California for I don't know, a couple decades now, maybe three decades, where they build you know, custom wood blinds. He's been watching every week because he's curious, like how's the real estate market? He knows how important it is to someone that is in the home business, and you're gonna see some slides around that, that if new construction's happening, his business is booming. If people are spending money on improving their house, his business is booming. So here's not a real estate agent, but someone recognizes how important this is. So Robert, if you're out there, love you, buddy. I'll see you soon. So today's gonna to be special also, because we started this thing originally a million years ago with you know Steve Harney and I, once every six months, I'd say, Steve, come join me and let's, let's educate all my friends. Let's let them know what's going on in the market. And then Steve being brilliant, right? He said, I need more help. And I need someone that looks at it differently and has a different point of view that can really articulate it. And he was very lucky to get David Childers, right? And obviously everybody knows now because you've been watching David every week or now every other week with us. And, and what he puts together for you to be the knowledge broker is just extraordinary. Plus his 20 plus years of uh, banking and on the mortgage side and on the high finance side makes him like really the expert. So today's show is going to be different. It's just going to be David and I. Steve's got a family matter that's taking him away. And Jason Pantana, who joined us two weeks ago, uh, <laughs> said to me this morning, hey coach, I'm up in the mountains, not going to have Wi-Fi. I'm with my, my parents that are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And I said to him, my friend, God bless, good job, turn your phone off and enjoy, because that guy's been working really hard, as many of you have the last 90 days. So let's get, uh, let's get David into the show, and I wanna jump right in. Yeah. What's up, Robert Ott, I just saw you there, and uh, Christy in the house, Catherine Waters-Clark from Massachusetts. By the way, congratulations on your daughter. I saw you know, the graduation. So David, happy, uh, happy June 12th, happy Friday. How are you, my friend? I'm well, I'm well. It's been two weeks since we've, we've done this, you know, and you just mentioned June 12th. I mean, we are here almost at the middle of June, uh, yeah. 90 days. Uh, you know, for us, I'll say this, when we left the Keeping Current Matters office, it was Friday the 13th of March. Yeah. We're, yeah. You know, we're looking at 90 days here and, you know, I'm excited to be here on this, this Friday afternoon. You mentioned we've got some good information and and boy, if there's a time for an economist to be wrong, we want to be wrong this way, right? In yeah. some of the positive ways and, and hope they're wrong, you know, further. So we're going to talk about some of that. Got a lot of information. So I, I'm excited as well. Me too. And, you know, as always, I want to say I'm just so grateful for, uh, for you and the team, uh, obviously Steve and Bill for, for doing what you guys do. Uh, you know, I've been giving all these shout outs on Instagram recently. If you all follow me there, um, literally, I, I, I think I made a screenshot of their Instagram page and said, you guys don't have enough followers for how much good content you put out. So if you're not following me on Instagram, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, but today we've got about 25 slides and we never seem to have enough time. So David, I think we should just jump right into, but as I said, there's basically three things. We want to do an update on overall what's happening in the market. My yep. own little note reminder here. We want to get into the unemployment numbers, right. right? And boy, how wrong they were. And then we want to talk about it's National Homeownership Month. What's going on with you know, inventory and what do agents need to know to, to keep their clients safe, 
yep. informed, and those that are ready to transact doing it the right way. So yeah. I'm really fired up about this. So I'm gonna say, let's turn it over to you. Let's get right into the update. And by the way, my friends, I'll be watching the comments. Hey, Sophie out there from Santa Barbara. I'll be watching the comments. If there's a pressing question, right? Put it inside there, right? And I'll try and catch them and we'll keep going and do some Q&A as well. So yeah. David, fire away, my friend. Let's get up there. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is an exciting time. So we've got a lot to cover here, Tom. You mentioned the slides. Here's, here's what I'm going to do. Let's start out and let's just do kind of an update where we've been in the last couple of, uh, you know, of weeks and even in months as we're, you've been through this journey. And then let's look at the overall economy and we'll get into unemployment and some of the, some of the things that are, you know, a little bit confusing about that. We've got a great Gallup poll at the end on, uh, on homeownership. So that'll be fun to cover. So I will share my slides here. Um, and we'll start out here where we, we, we've talked many, many times before, and this is the showing time slide. And, you know, for those of you that have been joining us, you know, each week and when we've done this, you're familiar with this. This is the most up-to-date information. Now, it, this is interesting. I was, I was going over this uh, today with the team and just to reset on it, I, th I think it's worthwhile to do that. The blue line there and the way this works is, this, is the moving average of where we're at. So, you know, we started off this year being up over last year and we we saw this dip happen in the first of march relative to the number of people scheduling a showing to go out and see a home whether it be in person or virtually and now you can see where we are today we've continued this incline going up into you know into the first weeks here of june and people saying hey we, we want to get back out in the market after we bottomed out in april and we can clearly now in the rearview mirror see that bottom in a lot of the different metrics but but suffice it to say people are coming back into the market and coming back in uh quickly relative to uh you know wanting to to see a home and, and purchase a home now you brought up a good question tom and we're going to talk about this about the need in the market for inventory and we've got some visual ways to look at that, that i think are, are pretty impressive um the second piece i want to bring in here is zillow's june report which we've looked at this a couple of different times too, showing month over month improvement in not only pending sales, but new listings taken, not where we need to be, but encouraging leading indicators of what is coming in the market, listings coming back to the market, pending sales, you know, those, those listings turning into pending sales. They go on to say both pending sales and new listings remain well up from the previous month when the market was bouncing back from a slowdown in the early days of the coronavirus pandemic. So leading indicators that we're looking at, whether it be showings, whether it be listings, and then things turning into pendings, and, and, and really, um, you, know, you know, the applications, the purchase applications for finance to, to go out and buy a home, which we can see this, this slide here just tells the picture there. We so drop it down. Yeah. Before we, before, and I'm, you know, I love this slide too. Go back one, if you would, please. Yeah. So I, I just want to always remind my friends that our job is to put together the national information. And then your job is to take the national stats we're giving you here and then do your local marketplace. Again, right. that, that gives you such a competitive advantage to say, not only do I understand what's happening nationally, here's what's going on locally. And then you ready? The key is always to then share your opinion about that. What is your opinion about new pendings up 24.5 nationally? Maybe it's 32% in your market. Maybe it's 
14%. I don't know, but you need to give them your opinion. You need to tell your story because that's where, again, you become the knowledge broker. So I just want to stop there. David, keep going. Let's talk about those mortgage applications. No, that's a, it's a great point, Tom, of taking that national data and saying, here's what's happening where we live or, or the market that you serve. But yeah, it was, we were talking about mortgage applications there. And again, another leading indicator of people going in and applying for the financing to go out and buy a home applications uh, on this, 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 this increase uh, since we bottomed out there in early April. So Tom, a lot, a lot of good leading indicators, a lot of good information to suggest, you know, folks coming back into the market, coming back in quickly uh, as they're able to, to get out and do things and certainly across the country in, in various ways. But I, I want to talk for just a minute what you started out this call with uh, as well as what is the need right now. And, and visually, you know, this is probably the best way to depict where we sit relative to inventory. And you can see here since 2010, over the last 10 years, housing inventory across the country has dropped and dropped dramatically. And, you know, depending on where you're, you're, you, you live, the market you serve, the price point, it's going to vary. But suffice it to say, we have about 4.1 months of inventory across the country. If we look at that, you mentioned the KCM Instagram. I pulled a quick, uh, a quick image off the KCM Instagram that we ran just, uh, I believe, last week on housing supply, you know, really in this, you know, year over year look in a bar graph way. And, and, you know, it just tells the story of where we are relative to supply across this country. So, so and, David, I, I got to jump in. You ready? Yeah. For all my friends, it's supply and demand. Yeah. Right. This is a supply and demand story. What may be out there right now is uh, my client, Tom Tool from Philadelphia. He and I were in a meeting last October in New York City, which now feels like a thousand years ago. And one of the recommendations I made to everybody, and I want to make the same to all of you, is if you're near, as I am, 43 different colleges and universities and everything else, why not reach out now to the head of the um, economics division? Right, I, I, I lost my mind for a second there in case you're wondering if it's a live show and reach out to whoever that, that woman or man is and say, I'm looking at these data points and I would love just to get a two minute interpretation of what you see. Now, I want you to think about this because Tom said, hey, I'm like down the street from Villanova and I know the person, I think, he's, I think he had sold them a house. And I said, if you were to interview the head of economics from you know, the local university near you and then put these slides up as an example, not only are you delivering valuable content, you're also bringing in an expert opinion from an outside factor. If, if not the head of economist, it could be maybe the person that you bank with, right? It could be your, the president of your local bank. It could be a very successful entrepreneur you know. Get other people involved in their opinions. And then what's our job? Talk about supply and demand. Yeah. Talk about when there's too much supply, what happens to home prices? When there's too little supply, what happens to home prices? This is just a moment in time, my friends, that, I mean, I'm looking now, I'm seeing like Lauren Sanders, who I know forever, fantastic guy, saying 1.8 months supply in San Diego, right? So a lot of you understand this, but I, I don't want you just to look at the slide and go, yeah, that's right, there's no inventory. I want your marketing mind and your client service mind working the whole time. So David, let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to I bring one slide in here to, to illustrate that point. And it's the, it's the point that 
uh, supply and demand is dominating here. This is the look at what yeah. is the projection for prices going forward. And you can see it here in, in you know, the, the six uh, leading you know, sources that we're, we're tracking right here relative to appreciation in their forecast this year, next year, and even some into 2022. 20, uh, and, and, and you see a lot of green there, you know, in yeah. five of the six this year are saying, you know, we're going to see appreciation. And then three of those five are saying over 3%, you know, very different than what we talked about, you know, even what experts were saying a few months ago of, we don't know what's going to happen, what, you know, what's going on and all this, but to see that the undersupply of homes on the market is giving and, you know, adding this upward pressure on pricing, you can see it visibly right here um, to your point. And, you know, seeing that, that we need more homes on the market, customers are coming back to the market quickly, and we expect appreciation to continue uh, going into the, in the next several years. So, so David, when I saw this, um, I couldn't help but notice Fannie and Freddie both gave like 0.04% appreciation for the year. And the note I wrote down is, like, why do you think that's so low? Is that, and are they just being so uber conservative or is there something that they know that we don't? I think it's a good question. I mean, you know, the, Fannie and Freddie are both what they, you know, refer to commonly as the GSEs. You know, these are government sponsored enterprises. Um, and let's think about where they're at right now. They're, they're, they're dealing with these, these uh, issues of forbearance. There's a lot of things going on. And, and I think they probably have a little bit more of a, you know, they're, they're saying, hey, look, we're going to take a very conservative uh, approach to pricing. Um, but it is, it is interesting that they take this year and, and even, you know, that they, they depart in 2021 uh, where, where Fannie's saying, hey, we're going to see more appreciation. In, and Freddie says, hey, we're, we think it's going to be slower. Um, I, I, you know, I think there are things that happen in those organizations that oftentimes happen for a reason or what, what, what are they trying to say there? But, you know, as I look across this, the, the thing that we see is, is a lot of folks calling for appreciation. I even think as we go further, we may see some, some revisions to these up. I, I agree. The other one that stands out for me is the Mortgage Bankers Association, yeah. 4.3, 3.2, 2.4. Now, I, I got to tell you, I think, I think it's almost impossible for people to really predict too far out. Sure. But I look at the Mortgage Bankers Association and my hope, and maybe you've got data on this, mm -hmm. my hope is that they're looking at the leading indicators of loans that are being done. Sure. And they're saying, we're seeing this because we're taking the purchase applications and we're watching the average loan amounts climb is my hallucination. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I've looked at that and um, they, they look at two things, right? In the market, they look at refinances and they look yep. at purchases. Yep. I will tell you, as we go into next year, we look very healthy, meaning volume wise in this country on refinance and on purchase. Those are the two drivers there. And, and I think what, what they've seen and what they know is that under supply in our business, in the real estate business, is going to drive those, those prices going forward. Uh, very clearly there. Awesome. So I want to just comment. I see John Foster said, hey, hey, do you guys think that the unemployment numbers would lead people to put their homes up for sale to get cash flow or, or to you know, be in a better position? So John, we're going to cover unemployment. Mm -hmm. um, my answer, and I would love David's perspective also, is I think it's going to be, if, if that is the case, it's going to be a very small percentage and the reason why is the amount of people that have such enormous equity in homes right now in the U.S., 42.1% have no mortgage. So my, 
My reaction to that is, boy, I hope not. And if it is, it's going to be a small percentage. David, I know we're going to cover unemployment, but you got a thought on what John's question was there? Yeah, repeat the question to me. You said he's asking he said, if they're going to pull money out. Well, he said, do you think that uh, the, the unemployment numbers will actually cause people to cash out, sell their home out of fear? Essentially. Yeah, I think it's a good question. Here's the thing I would go back to, Tom, when we think about that. And we've covered this in the past because I go back to the equity position in this country. If you remember, the average balance on a mortgage that comes from CoreLogic is $177,000. Um, we know significant equity. If you go back to John Burns Consulting, 42.1% of the homes in this country are owned free and clear. Six out of 10 have at least 60% equity. So we know we have strong equity. But yeah. here's, the, here's the idea here. Show me someone in a good market who does a good job handling and stewarding the equity in their home or in their finances. And that will directly relate to how they steward and how they handle the crisis that we're in. So the good news is homeowners have equity. If somebody does need to tap that equity to, to make ends meet and get through it, gosh, I sure hope they do. But what we, we're seeing, the great benefit of the way homeowners are handling equity to have the option to do that. Let's face it, in, in the housing crash, we didn't have that option because we hadn't stewarded the equity well. And so I, I think, you know, whether it causes them to do that or not, it's going to be a personal uh, opinion. You know, there's, there's information our team is following about forbearance right now and yeah. what that means. And, and I'll tell you, largely, that news is, is very positive. There were a lot of concerns, a lot of things about forbearance that were big question marks that we had. And, and I, I think you're going to see some positive information come out there. I appreciate that. Let's jump back because I know we want to talk about the Wall Street Journal uh, economists, sort of what, what their forecasts and projections were. And I mean, I was, you know, I was going gaga over these slides. So let, let's jump back into that. Yeah, let's look at that because I think it speaks to two things. What, what, what these economists are saying, but then what our, what our part is, because there's a, there's a, there's a big piece here. So the, the slides that, that, that Tom's referencing here is this right here. It says 91.2 of economists surveyed by the Wall Street Journal say the recovery is already underway or will be soon. Okay, so as we come back online, as economies, you know, are able to get back in, in, in working, um, th this recovery, if it's not already underway, will be soon. These are independent economists that are surveyed by the Wall Street Journal that we're looking at here going, okay, they're saying it's already begun or, or it's going to begin, begin here in the third quarter. So encouraging, I would argue right now that the, the um, information we've just covered that real estate is leading the way. We talked about this a lot, you know, over the last several weeks that real estate will lead the way. So we're seeing real, we're seeing that data and leading indicators. And now we're seeing these economists coming back on going, hey, that's either happening or it's gonna happen really, really soon. Love it. The, the next piece from, from the Wall Street Journal is what we talked about as well, given uh, the, the majority of people that say in this uh, case here, these economists, 82.8 of these economists, again, surveyed by the Wall Street Journal, same survey, say the recovery will be in the form of a V-shape. That's a Nike swoosh or the traditional V-shape. So it's a, it's a question right now, Tom, of, you know, we saw this, this, this drop down and the question is, you know, what's the, the degree of, you know, of in, incline going up right now, but but suffice it to say, most economists are saying this is not 
you know, U-shaped, L-shaped, W-shaped, you can see those numbers there in that, in that formation of that V. So leading indicators saying real estate is leading the way, economists going, hey, this is coming back, all leading to this. And this is the big piece. You mentioned Robert, your brother-in-law, on the start of this, and I was just thinking about this fact right here, that the average economic impact of one home sale in the U.S. is $88,416,000. I mean, just let that sink in. That's on a new home. I'll break it down for you if you go from left to right. You know, income generated from our business commissions, things like that, uh, make up a significant portion, just over 24000 there expenditures related to home purchases. You mentioned the, the, the wood blind business right there. Uh, multipliers of those expenditures, you know, things that, you know, Robert's going to go out and buy supplies, go do other things there. And then we know new home construction, just literally the, the materials, the call it the, 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 the two by fours, things that people are buying to build homes, you know, builders are, are using that adds $45,000 to the economy. I mean, our ability right now to get out there and, and make an impact in the economy is significant. I added a slide in here too that, you know, for everybody who wants to go grab these, we make those available to you of just what that is state by state. And you can just see here, whatever state you're in, you can go in there and grab, this is the impact to the economy when a home sales. And that these numbers here are just, the chance that we have to make a significant impact in recovery uh, via, via home sales are, it's shocking. It's shocking. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you got to do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I want to be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. David, I literally, I couldn't help it. The sort of, you know, nerd in me, I was like, that's $442 billion on, call it just an average of 5 million transactions. $442 billion gets pumped into the marketplace. And that impacts how, I mean, that impacts everybody. That's before you look at new, you know, new restaurants are going to, the new dry cleaner they start to use. That's just fixing up their house. So right, right. all of that is very positive. Let's talk about unemployment, which still has some people feeling a little nervous. Big questions. Yeah. I mean, I would say we got some really good news. The unemployment report uh, for uh, June came out in, uh, you know, last Friday or the, technically the, you know, the May unemployment report. And so, you know, we're going to take a look at that. And I want to start here um, with this slide we've, we've used before, this complete look at unemployment numbers where we start to look at who has filed, and that's in orange there, but then who's currently collecting unemployment. So this is uh, the most recent data that 44 million people have filed in this country for unemployment benefits since this, you know, this, this health crisis started. And then you can see there in blue that roughly right under 21 million are currently collecting unemployment. So important fact to remember is, as you, you know, hear information, people go, there are over 40 million people unemployed in this country. Well, it's actually right at 21 million people that are collecting, that are, that are 
uh, unemployed there. Now, I, I always, we always talk about this. We go deep into the numbers. I don't ever want to gloss over the fact that these are families. These are individuals that want jobs, that we want them to have jobs. And there's, there's one, there's one individual or one family in this country unemployed that wants a job and we want to address that, you know, um, but, but knowing what is going on with that complete look of, of unemployment is critical because, you know, the question was asked early, is somebody going to, you know, tap into the equity in their homes and, uh, you know, be able to bridge the gap between here and wherever they need to be if they've been impacted this way? Maybe. But, but I, would, I would position the question potentially this way. Is somebody not going to make a decision to buy a home because of their fear of what they think unemployment is? That's, that's something that I would propose. If, if I think unemployment's you know, going to continue to rise or I'm being told it was 40 million a couple of weeks ago, now it's 44 million. And I don't know that it's actually you know, a number that's a fraction of that. Can I make a decision the other way? I could. And I think that's the, what, the reason when you, you put it so well, Tom, to be the knowledge broker and help people make powerful and confident decisions. But let's break these numbers down uh, yeah. from the May unemployment report. And, and I want to start here where you know, where we were, the May unemployment rate that came out last Friday is 13.3%. Now there's some questions about that, that I am going to cover, but, but I want to put in perspective what experts had said, Goldman Sachs, or, you know, the others you can see here around, you know, over 20% or right at 20%. And boy, was that good to see that, that we're, we're not there. Okay. The, the piece that came out last Friday that, that I want to, I want to highlight here is that the economy gained 2.5 million jobs in the month of May in the time frame that that covers. It actually covers up until the 12th of May, as you can see here in the footnote of this slide. And where do those jobs come from? Again, we talked about a service-driven recession. 1.4 million jobs gained in the food service industry, restaurants, you know, bartenders, servers, folks that, that work in that area. Um, 464,000 jobs in construction. Uh, we talked about how we, you know, started out this year extremely strong in construction. Those jobs are coming back. Education and health services, doctor's offices, things like that. The one that was surprising uh, was retail. You know, we talked about that saying, well, we don't know how long it's going to take for people to maybe go back into a mall or go back into a, uh, you know, a, a setting like that, those jobs are coming back. And even the retail numbers that are coming out are, are strong. And, and you can see on down the line that, you know, hotels and you know, travel related things still are lagging and losing jobs and governments, mainly right there, local governments um, that, that still are losing jobs that will come back online as, you know, the, the courthouse is, is able to open in a town or, you know, whatever the case may be. But the interesting thing that came out of this, and I pulled this from CNBC, the May gain was by far the biggest one-month job surge in U.S. history since 1939. The biggest job surge coming back, jobs coming back in the market since really, you know, the Great Depression. And, and that's, that's the part that I would say, let's, that's, that's a, of no debate by anyone. Now there's some debate about what the you know, percentage is and I'm gonna get into that, but this is not in debate, you know? And, and as we talk about those folks that are affected, you know, we have to remember if 13.3% of uh, folks are, uh, are employed, or I'm sorry, unemployed, it still means 87%, almost nine out of 10 
are employed and they have the ability to, to, to buy and sell homes and do what, uh, what they want to do. Uh, it's interesting that if you remember last time, about nine out of 10 people said this was, this was temporary. This time, 17% said this was permanent and 83% said it was temporary. So uh, interesting data coming out of that. But I want to talk just a minute about some of the confusion in that because it's, it's important that we're able to clarify this right now for anybody that's wondering. And I would, I would put the confusion in the category of misclassification. And, and this wasn't uh, an issue, one, that somebody caught and, you know, was exposed. And I think there's, there's some people saying that. This was a footnote to the unemployment report last Friday. And they said, you know, we, we, we've seen some things that, we, that lead us to there may have been a miscalculation of people. And let's read here. It says, some people who should have been classified as temporarily unemployed during the shutdown were instead misclassified as employed, but absent for other reasons. And it goes on to say other reasons are usually people taking a, you know, a leave to go on vacation, serve on jury duty, or take care of a, a relative. Now, now let's, let's think about that. They're saying there may be an issue with people saying they were temporarily uh, unemployed versus them saying, hey, I'm absent. I just can't get to my job because my boss said, you know, we're not going to be able to be open for the next two weeks, the next 30 days. But when we are, we're all going to, you know, come back. And so there's that classification question that's been put out there as, you know, is, is the unemployment report really accurate? And so what, what our research team did is we went and looked back. Okay, let's look at the unemployment report as it has been reported. And oh, by the way, it has not been changed. There have been no updates or anything to say, hey, we 13.3 wasn't right. The Bureau of Labor Statistics has, has stuck with that. And if they, if they change it, we'll bring it to you, but no changes have been made. But just to play this out, we've gone back and looked at what would it look like if we went back and classified those people as unemployed in the, in the, um, in the, in the calculation there. So the unemployment rate improved even with the correction. So what you see in blue here is the, the actual unemployment that the Bureau of Labor Statistics publishes each month this year. We started out at 4.4%. We jumped up in April to 14.7% in, uh, in May, 13.3%. If we added back in what they, they believe could be a misclassification error, you see what, where it jumps up each month. And either way you look at it, we gained jobs and we decreased the number of people unemployed month over month, which is the real story of, of what's happening with unemployment. Not, you know, percentage wise, and I'm not trying to play with the numbers there. I'm saying, look at it. Either way, if you add the numbers in of the misclassification, you have a bigger decrease in unemployment. Yeah. But, but here's what's not up for debate is that employers added 2.5 million jobs, blowing Wall Street expectations out of the water because economists had forecasted a loss of 8.3 million jobs in May. And we added 2.5 million. Hey, David. Yeah. Before we show the next slide, and then I know we want to transition into uh, home ownership. Uh, I saw a couple of questions I thought were really interesting. Um, and I don't know, like I, I quickly tried to do a quick Google search and there's just, there's too much sure. to sort through. A lot of people are asking the question, so with everything happening right now, what do we expect the number of people that will now be working from home 
on a more permanent basis, or at least as we're seeing some of the big tech companies say, Mm -hmm. they're, they're saying we're not going to make a decision until next January. Mm -hmm. and, and I know for a lot of our agents, you know, out there watching there, it, it begs the question, like three years ago when I said, you might want to post on your Instagram story, are you living in your dream home now? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Right. And they literally, people could toggle back and forth. Yes. No. Now it's, you know, is your home, is your home set up in the, the ideal environment for a work from home situation? That's way yeah. too wordy, but I know that's what a lot of my friends are thinking out there. And, and that is a way to contribute to someone that says, Hey, you know what? I need more space or I don't have an office or I'm working out of my garage or, you know, like it, it's, I don't have a good list. I'm not going to say, cause one of my employees literally said to me last night, he has two young kids under five years old, under five, two, <laughs> and he and his wife are both employed at very important jobs. Yeah. And he's, and he literally said to me yesterday, my wife says we need to sell our house and buy a new one right now in the middle of all this. And I'm like, are you sure? And his response was, we don't have enough space. Yeah. He's like, it just, it, we can't do it. We can't like, I can't, have, there's no room to have my mom come over and help. Right. right. Like literally we're just in too small. And, and I think there's a lot of people that are experiencing that same thing. So my request is, Let's try and get some data for the, for two weeks from now, the show on what we think the numbers are going to be from work from home. Cause that's going to be an important thing for all of us out there trying to support and help and find out who's interested. But I think the other one is I've never seen any, uh, any information from the Bureau of Labor Statistics around the average age of mm -hmm. the unemployed. Yeah. So I bring that up because my, I mentioned I'm going to have a 21 year old son on Monday, which is just a shocker. And if you're out there watching, Michael, I love you. Congrats. Uh, he said to me, look, I got my $1,200 check for unemployment mm. right now. He, he had a part-time job that he was working when all this happened and he got a stimulus check. I'd be really curious to know of the 13.3%, how many of them are kids like mine that are you know, college kids or just getting into college or they were working at McDonald's down the street. I think it'd just be interesting to shed some some more light. So if you can get that, yeah. I think everybody would appreciate having that. Yeah, yeah. Let us. Uh, I'll put the team on that. I think there there are a couple of things I would, I would respond to real quick. We're certainly seeing surveys in a couple of ways. Uh, you know, is there going to be this you, you know this um, this migration first of yeah. all from urban to more suburban? That's a question right now in the market that yeah. we're following. I think the 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 idea of more working from home is probably you know, on the horizon true on some level. Now, is that 5% of people? Is that 95% of people? I think the one truth that we have to know, let's use our business for an example. We're better when we're together. Yep. So we know that. That doesn't mean that, that you, you know, um, everybody's got to be in the office every day and, you know, this. But, but here's the third piece. This economic recession now that was, uh, oh, by the way, you know, last week, the, the Bureau of Economic Analysis came out and said, we're in a recession. The one thing that is, is true in this and will be defining of this is innovation. Yep. Innovation in this, unlike other downturns, is dominating. And, and, and that's the one thing that as we look at tomorrow, next month, that's not all going away. So 
those, and look at our business, look at the great agents on here, innovation to be able to drive the business forward. That, that I think is what we're going to see across businesses, whether it's work from home, whether it's a blended schedule, whether it's a question of schools in the fall, you know, how are things going to be, how are we going to innovate to be able to go forward? So, so three things. Uh, I saw a comment from uh, Jen McLaren saying, my college kids didn't get a check. Jen, my son had a job. So just want to clarify, he didn't, he didn't get a check for going to college. Robert Ott just said, hey, I'm hearing that a lot. A lot. My home is too small, right? Mm-hmm. So we might want to think about that from a marketing message. And I also saw another one, actually, I think I just saw over here from Laura up in, um, in Seattle, who said, yeah, the migration patterns listen, my clients in the city, right? New York City, Hoboken, they're all seeing the same thing. If you don't have a yard or some living space, your property's not selling. But if you have that, people are buying it. Um, a few months ago, remember we talked about um, the earnings report, David, from Zillow and yeah. from Redfin. Right. And, and Glenn from Redfin said, we're seeing a massive surge, surge in urban to outside. Yeah. Connecticut, which has been one of the worst states in the union from a residential standpoint for at least the last 15 years, all my agents in Connecticut right now are like, I'm so busy because why? All the urbanites are going, forget this, and they're moving out. Now, I'm not saying all, but sure. da- I think we need, David, I think we need to get some data on that too. Yeah, I think the, here's the easy way I, w- I would say that. What, was, what is important today 90 days ago, maybe wasn't as important. What are the things that are important today? Whether I need more space, I need less space, I want to be in a different place. You know, there, there's even, um, you, you know, we, we talk about migration patterns. What does that mean for, you know, a tech company in, in San Francisco? If those yeah. people don't have to be in there, where are they going? You know, and, and so I think there are a lot of questions right now that we are starting to look at in, in these patterns and, and, and we'll bring some of that. Excellent. So let's show them that last slide and then let's switch into housing and it's uh, it's 140 in the West. So Absolutely. For, my, for my Eastern crew, we'll, we'll try and get this done in 15 minutes or less. Yeah. So let's look at this real quick and then let's talk about home ownership. This is a slide that, uh, that, that you've seen before. And again, we, we talk about uh, depth and length of unemployment. Uh, this shows, okay, where we started with unemployment across several major events that today, the Great Recession, the Great Depression, and then how long it took us to get back there. So if we started at, you know, two or 3% unemployment, how long did it take us to get back to two or 3% unemployment? Now, what we've updated this with in the green, you see the actual, the actual not as higher is what we, you know, we, we had forecasted as kind of the most dire projection uh, and then we've, we've changed this to the Wall Street Journal study of economists and their projections. So they're saying, hey, it may take us four years to get back to where we were before we started. But as you compare that to the Great Recession and the Great Depression, you just visually can see the difference there. Not, 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 not the depth of the Great Recession, and sur- I mean, the, the Great, Great Depression, and not the length. Um, more depth here in the first year than the Great Recession, but, but you know, a fraction of the length. So just an update there as, as you start to, to look at that and, and people say, you know, is this the Great Depression again? So David, before we talk about home ownership, and I recognize there's just a few slides here, I want to stress to everybody right now, I, I love, because I'm reading the comments and I'm really seeing like so much positive, like how I could use this, or yes, here's the trends that I'm seeing. I just want to stress to you all, 
that knowledge is power. Yeah. Use this to deliver value and information. Don't use this stuff to try and hook people. This isn't about trying to get someone that doesn't want to sell to sell. That, that doesn't work, right? This is about, I want to be the knowledge broker. I want to educate you. And if you have more questions, let's talk, right? There's no doubt, like I'm seeing some very positive questions, like even asking people like, you know, if you thought about your home today, do you think about it differently than say February of this year? Like that's going to create a lot of chatter. Like if I wanted to get chatter going on Facebook or on Instagram, there's no doubt, you know, has your view of home ownership changed at all in the last 90 days? That's not a leading sales question. It's a conversation that you're engaging people in. So I just, I guess I just yeah. want to say to you, it's like the, um, uh, the Spider-Man little comment with, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Use this information responsibly. This isn't, yeah. we're not trying to empower you so you can hook people and get people. This is about delivering value and being the knowledge broker and the flight to quality will come. Yeah. I, I want to say one thing about that, Tom, because I, I saw a quote, it's probably been a week ago that, that was impactful in that area. And it, it hit me personally hard because we, you know, at Keeping Current Matters, we deal in, in information. We want to bring all the information and the quote said this, it said, are you trying to make a point? Or are you trying to make a difference? Yeah. And I deal, it hit me so hard because in this data, I'm trying to make a lot of points. I'm trying to bring it and go, no, that's not what, what you, you know, the unemployment isn't, you know, there aren't 40 million people unemployed. It's 20, you're wrong, you know, but I've got to remember, use this information to make a difference. Yeah. Love not to not to make a point, not to go in and say, well, let me tell you why I'm right. You know, and it, I just, as you were saying that, that just came flooding back in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's bring it home. Cause these last three slides, there's a lot of good news here. There is, there is good news here. It's going to give you video talking points, social talking points and more. And remember guys, all of the slides, if you see at the very top of the, the comments, if you just go to mykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry, all the slides are there. Yep. So, so David, let's bring it home. So let's talk about this the great uh, study from the Gallup organization that's come out and I'll read it here. Real estate at 35% remains the most favored investment to Americans and has been the case since 2013 when the housing market was on the rebound. More than a third of Americans have named real estate as the top investment since 2016. So, you know, Americans were surveyed stock, savings, gold. I'm going to show that to you in a minute. But what won out was real estate. And we certainly know in the time, you know, 10 years ago where people said, I, I don't know if I want to invest in a home. I don't know if that's the best long-term investment that we know today and over time that Americans have continued to choose for the last few years real estate as the best long-term investment. You can see here uh, this year that, that stocks took a beating as far as the long-term investment. We certainly understand that. Uh, savings account and gold being down there, but at 35%, People saying, you know what, this is our best long-term investment, and that that you know that that report that came out from Gallup, it just so confirming. I think what we all know of of not only why people buy homes, but the financial benefit of home ownership. And you know, we sit here uh, on Friday, June twelfth, almost at the middle of June, in National Home Ownership Month, and I would say, you know, let's get this information out there. But but I also want to cover this from Concentric Analytics. This was a study done 
on the non-financial benefits of homeownership. And when I, when I see this, I always smile. It says 93% of those surveys said owning a home made them happier. 88% you know, agreed that buying a home was the best decision of their lives. And 79% said it changed them for the better. So you know, this study, the financial benefits, the reason why we all got into this business to help people achieve the dream of home ownership is what June's all about. And, you know, whether it's that, 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 that study showing the investment uh, choice there by Americans or this study saying, you know, there are a lot of reasons that people buy a home. And, and to your point, Tom, a lot of those reasons they're saying, you know what, um, there, there are different things that we need today in a home that we didn't need 90 days ago. Going out and sharing this is, is what we need to do right now. So David, thank you. I, I just looked over and saw a question and you know, you and I were literally just chatting about this on Tuesday. And I'm actually, I, I'm gonna say that we don't start revealing what it is that we're working on. Maybe you can tease them a tad. Uh, but Martha Gonzalez says, but Tom, what about the, pres the presidential election? Isn't this gonna impact it? So Martha, here's the answer. Yes, it's going to. I'm advising all of our coaching clients and coaches and everybody that's in my ecosystem really starting the next two weeks. You have June, July, August, September, October. And that's, that's your plan because my hallucination is, and, and we, we shared this several weeks ago that we know historically in the fourth quarter, transactions drop was at uh, David nine to 18%. Correct in that range. Yeah. And there's no doubt that this year, like the last presidential election cycle, this one's going to be even more intense and it's going to take up some mind space for people. So like I'm literally, I'm telling my personal coaching clients right now, you got to get it all done by October 15th. You got to get it all done by October 15th. And this goes back to the conversation of, do I need to get permission from my spouse to work a little harder? Do I need to get some additional support with my children? Because I've maybe got four and a half months to really drive it home. And, and David, you know, and you can shed some light on this. We're, we're putting together something for you at the summit, which I'm announcing on Monday. So heads up that we have something in store for you just around this. So yeah. David, you want to tease them a little bit and maybe give them, maybe give Martha one insight she should be thinking about besides my advice, which is get after it now. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I think that is the message right now. First of all, let's start there of, the time is now. We're seeing uh, people come back into the market. We know we have a need for inventory. Tom, you and I were talking early, the, the question around, you know, what would it take to put your home on the market? Is it is a safety issue? Is it a pricing issue? What is the issue? And then adjusting my service to meet that. So that no doubt that the issue right now and, and, and in the summer, as we move into the fall though, let's, you know, the last 90 days, this, this kind of this election idea has you know, there've been a lot of other things that have happened, obviously, in the world. And, you know, it, Tom, you and I talked about it Tuesday, and I'll, I'll say this, our team, the KCM Research and Content Team, is working on resources, just like Tom said, to be able to give you to, to navigate that, to navigate this time, because that is going to be the next thing that we go through uh, you, you know, as in our business and things that questions are going to come up by. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about your announcement on Monday, uh, Tom, and, uh, and getting after that and, uh, and building that out. 
I appreciate it. So, so listen, my friends, um, we all have a lot of work to do, and I would argue we have a short time to do it. So it's Friday. If you're, you know, in the East, it's, uh, it's almost five o'clock. Uh, you know, maybe you're winding it down for my friends in the West. I feel like I'm just getting started and got a whole bunch of appointments tomorrow. Um, I want to challenge every one of you. Two things. First, rewatch this video. Rewatch this video and maybe just share it with some friends and people that need to see it, right? Maybe, maybe just maybe you also have a brother-in-law like mine that's, that's, you know, on the fringe essentially of housing compared to all of you, but he's in it nonetheless. But I don't know a person right now anywhere around the world that isn't answer or asking themselves this question. How's the market? Like, think about all the questions you're asking us. How, what about unemployment? What about the president's like, you're asking these questions and you're in the business. Could you imagine, uh, you know, the, the guy or gal or person who's sitting there in their house and they don't have access to this information, the panic that they might be in by reading headlines and, you know, God bless them, the news, which we wish they'd just turn off. Right. But they're in that state. It is your obligation, in my opinion, to do the second thing, which is to get out and tell people what's going on. Be the knowledge brokers, share it, watch this again, but get out there and tell everybody what's going on. Get over your stories, shoot more videos, share more content, be the voice of reason and be the voice of data. Don't get in arguments with people. Don't get positional. Just let the data do the talking. And like David, I got someone a couple of weeks ago on Twitter who said, you know, kind of like, you know, well, I think differently about this. I think the whole world's going to fall apart. And I said, gosh, I use Steve's line. Hey, I appreciate your point of view. Could you please send me all the information you're reading so I really understand your position? Guess what the response I got on Twitter was? Nothing. Squadoosh. That person just wanted to be negative, right? Don't argue with them. Just, hey, thank you. I appreciate your point of view. Could you please share with me the literature you're reading that helps me understand why you're sharing this? Because I'm getting it from the Bureau of Labor. I'm getting it from the Wall Street Journal, etc. Don't argue, share, and be the voice of reason. All right, David, thank you so much. I actually like it better just you and I. Let's not <laughs> tell Steve and Jason that right away, but I did just say it live on the show. So God bless you guys. Have an awesome weekend. Go help more people. And we'll see you on This Week in Housing in two weeks. Take care. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.